This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Blue Wire. Breaking news, LeBron is a Laker. We'll win a championship this year. Paul George, corner three. Yes, sir! Bryant has to put it up with the buzzer. Banks it in! <laughs> he banks in the three! And the Lakers win the game! What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points and Blue Wire Networks. As usual, Tomer Zarli, your Clippers beat writer here for Clutch Points. I'm joined this week by my good friend, good buddy of mine, um, Justin Russo, known by known to you guys on Twitter as Fly by Night. How you doing, Justin? I am doing spectacularly well, all things considering, with the pandemic. So there's that. You, did you get tested recently? I remember we were talking. Uh, okay, so I got tested on the 9th. And I did yet. not get my test back until the 24th. Wow, 15 days. And... Oh, uh, uh, 9th and the 24th? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That's and wild. on top of that, they told me they would call me when the results came in. I fa- on the day of the 24th, I checked my email at 10.15. I then started working on stuff. In the process of working on stuff, it gets to about 2.30. And I'm going to apologize for the train that just went by. I'm sorry. I people. heard that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I live, I live next to the train tracks. So I'm a sophisticated fellow. Uh, I check my email again, at, or I check the app, the kp.org app on my phone at 2.30, find out my test results in, it's negative, I'm pumped. Then I realized they actually emailed me at 10.30 in the morning, and in the four hours that transpired, no one called me. Wow. Just tremendous. <laughs> I feel like I'd want to know ASAP uh, by phone. Yeah. If, yeah. I haven't gotten to get tested yet, but I've been home for the most part. Haven't really gone out, um, unless for groceries or something like that. I went to visit a buddy in Palm Springs, but he's been quarantined for the most part too. So, yeah, that's been that's been uh, the gist of it. This is a fun, fun place and time to live in, isn't it? Oh, it's 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 something else. It's something else. I'm glad you tested negative, though. I'm glad everything's going well with you so far. Um, It's it's funny. So, like, even if I was positive, I literally had like no symptoms. And I kept telling them that, like, I don't have any symptoms. So, like, whenever I had to call to get, like, the updates, I would tell them, I don't have symptoms. I'm just checking for the update on my test. And right. every time it was, oh, yeah, it's still processing. Like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. My friend got mine back in two days. Got his back in two days. I wonder if it's... Uh, you did a like drive-in the, one at uh, Woodland Hills, I believe. See, I did a drive-in one as well. Hmm. And yeah. I wonder if it's different for the, each county. Because I'm Ventura be. County and you went to L.A. County. Yeah, my buddy went to LA County. Yeah, I was here. So yeah, like I, it, it's probably related, but it's just you wish everything was more streamlined. But I mean, at least I got the results, I guess. Um, yeah, better better late than never, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we're going to just jump right into it. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be Thursday morning, which is uh, the day of the NBA's return. We're back. The NBA's Ooh. restart uh, is officially underway. Uh, everything is gone according to plan for the most part, uh, aside from a 10-day quarantine punishment for someone for picking up wings or someone for picking up uh, wings in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Um, everything's been going well. Uh, this is, I think... On Wednesday, the NBA announced a second consecutive week of zero positive tests uh, inside the bubble, which is great news again. It shows that the bubble is working. Um, and so we have NBA basketball. Um, going over the last couple uh, games, you know, the Clippers and Lakers both played a couple scrimmage games. I believe the Lakers and Clippers both went 2-1. and one. Um, I'd Not much to take away from it, really, because, you know, on, on the Clippers side, we really didn't see the – them play to their potential, I guess you could say. Kawhi was taking it easy. You could you could see he wasn't really going that hard. Um, you know, Paul George really showed out in, in the brief and limited time that he was on the court. And uh, they also missed Montrezl Harrell for all the games. They missed Pat Bev for all the games. And Lou Will missed the final two. So there wasn't really too much to take from it on the Clippers side. Um, and again, the Lakers side as well. You know, LeBron and AD played – uh, I think the first half of the second game, and then didn't even play in the third game. A lot of a, it was a lot of a waiters' island that game. It's fun to watch. Uh, so I I'm not really too sure what to expect going into Thursday night's opener, except to expect basketball because we have that. Um, Justin, and, and you're and you're watching um, both teams. We'll start with the Clippers first, though. Uh, is there much you can take away um, from their first couple of games? I think you can take away how certain players looked in terms of like the way they moved on the floor. And then once you understand how they looked in terms of that, like their movements and stuff, then you can kind of take away or not take away things from performances. For instance, I don't care about the results of the scrimmage games. I really didn't. It didn't matter to me if the Clippers went 0-3, 3-0. and It didn't change a single thing in mm-hmm. terms of like how they would have looked or anything like that. Um, I thought impressively Paul George was moving very well. And on the flip side, Kawhi Leonard just looked like he was jogging around the floor half the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really take much. Yeah, I mean, and then, go ahead. No, I was going to say, for the Lakers, LeBron looked great, looked like he was moving well. Anthony Davis looked great, looked like he was moving well. Um, obviously, in the third preseason game, they kind of basically just sat their main guys, and Anthony Davis didn't play because he got scratched in the eye, uh, which I hope he's doing well. Um, that actually stinks. Anyone who's ever even inadvertently poke their own eye and knows how much that sucks. Yeah. um, But, you know, I think with the Lakers, J.R. Smith looked like he was having fun and looked fine. Deion Waiters looked fine. Um, I think for the most part, you can't take anything result-based, but you can take process stuff. Like, did this guy make the right read here? Did this guy do the wrong thing here? Um, for the Clippers specifically, because I watched more of them, far more of them than I did the Lakers. I watched every second of the Clippers scrimmages. I broke down film on them, yada, yada, yada. Um, the Clippers for the most part gave almost like a half effort defensively, especially their stars. Kawhi and PG kind of gave half efforts and that's not great to see out of your stars, but I will reiterate it's fine in games that literally do not matter. And you hope that when they get to the seeding games and most importantly, the postseason, that's when the energy gets ramped up and kicked up into a higher gear. And so we'll see. I just, there wasn't really much to take away Clippers related other than how guys moved, the confidence they had. Like for instance, Rodney Magruder, that second game, that was the most confidence I've seen Rodney Magruder play with, with the Clippers since that game, he hit like five or six threes against the Pelicans, which mm-hmm. seems like three years ago at this point. I don't so, remember that game. To be yeah, it was it was crazy. It was Paul George's first game back. Oh, oh, the first one they lost right after the Rockets game. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kawhi didn't play that game, um, and Rodney Magruder went off. It was crazy. And then the second scrimmage game, I'm noticing like, hey, he's playing with confidence. He's playing with aggression. He was taking pull-up jumpers. He was recognizing when guys were going under picks so he could pull up and step into jumpers. It was nice to see. He was really uh, solid on the defensive end. Like those are things you can take away. Like the little things within the game, the results and like some other stuff, they really don't matter. Like Kawhi Leonard missing shots, I don't care about. 
they were a Especially lot of them the, the preseason. Yeah. Right. And, and because the vast majority of them were great looks. And also with Kawhi, I think we have to notice and examine and, and uh, pay attention to the elephant in the room with him. If you even go back to the preseason and you compare that with these scrimmage games for him, it was the same thing. And I'm not even talking about results. I'm talking about the process. In the preseason games, Kawhi Leonard had 25 field goal attempts. 11 of those were threes. Only three of his 25 attempts were inside of eight feet. If you look at the scrimmage games, he took 46 shots. Only eight of them were inside eight feet. He took 27 threes. That was different in the regular season. In the regular season, 28% of his field goal attempts uh, came inside eight feet. Almost 29% of his attempts came from three. So this is a guy who in meaningless games just decides he doesn't want to go into contact. It's not worth it. It's not worth a potential injury. And that was kind of what I took away with him. Yeah, the feeling for me was exactly that, that he just – it's sort of like I'm not going to try too hard, you know, put my body at too much risk for anything. Uh, I'm just going to, you know – Try to get my rhythm going is what it looked like, you know. Even when I think I think at one point he was one of ten from the field and like oh eight from three, and he, he just got to one of fourteen. Class. Was it one of fourteen? He got to one of fourteen at one point. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, uh, but it, yeah, it just looked like he was just trying to really just work his way out of that slump and find a rhythm. Uh, and I, you know, the the preseason games, these scrimmage games, are, were the ones were the games to do that. Um, I, I am under the impression though, at least at least, I I, I want to say both teams will do this because. Um, I feel like both the Lakers and the Clippers will use these uh, eight seeding games as an extension of the scrimmage games. Now they'll try harder. They're not going to go 50%, 75% anymore. They're going to go much closer to hundred percent. But I think that because the Lakers pretty much have the number one seed locked in uh, the Clippers, they are in control of their own destiny and they have a relatively easier schedule down the stretch. Uh, I, I, I think they'll be able to lock in the number two seed um, relatively easily. Uh, depending on when Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell come back, I don't think it'll be that much of an issue for them. So I, I feel like the Lakers and Clippers will both use these these seeding games, um, especially towards the end, as a, just a, a refresher to, to get back into you know um, get the rotation set, try and mess with different lineups. Um, Doc has been talking about how he's trying to put stuff in, but it's tough too when players aren't there. So he might just use these seeding games as games to put stuff in uh, and make sure you guys are executing properly. Because uh, I, I really don't see uh, the need for either team uh, with championship expectations. And I think both teams feel like they can um, beat any team in the West, regardless of seed, regardless of, you know, uh, matchup, all that. They can beat any team. So I feel like when it comes down to it in a couple of games, we'll just see them sort of uh, not sprinting to the finish line. They'll, they'll be working their way to it slowly. You know what's interesting? When you really look at it, because they're all on a neutral site and in one location, there's literally no difference between the second and third seed. So, other than that, and yeah. if you're the Clippers, you're confident either way. Well, not even just that. Like, so for instance, if you just look at it, yeah, they're two up on Denver in the loss column for the two seed, but they're really three up on Utah for the three seed. So, like any any way you like, because Utah, like the Clippers would have to get leapfrogged by two teams to fall to the four. Right. So if you're the Clippers, you really don't care if you're the two seed. Like that doesn't make a difference to you as long as you're second or third and you get the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals rather than the semifinals. That's that's that should be the ultimate goal. So it's gonna be super interesting to see the way the Clippers handle these things because, you know, yes, their first game is against the Los Angeles Lakers. Like that's, that's the first game and everyone's going to be watching that. Their second game is also important. It's against the Pelicans. The Pelicans are trying to get into the postseason and they're going to have Zion. They're going to be fully healthy. They're going to be trying to get in. That's a big time game on ESPN on a Saturday. People are going to be tuned in and all that hullabaloo. Like that's going to, that's going to, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. But after that, it's Phoenix who's, not exactly the, the toughest of opponents, but they're also not easy. They have a lot of solid players. They beat the Clippers get, this year. <laughs> yeah, they did. That was, that was, you know, I got to say, that, that was, was one of the more game. impressive. That was a m- really impressive win by Phoenix. Yeah, it was. They, but they the hammered did them. everything wrong defensively. Uh, everything. Point. They botched every switch imaginable. Yeah, it looked bad. After that, though, they get Dallas, they get Portland, they get Brooklyn, and then it's the Denver and OKC to uh, 
uh, duet to finish it off. Um, I've, I've been thinking, I see them going four and four. And if they go four and four, to, in order to get leapfrogged by two teams, Utah has to end up going, what, like seven and one? Yeah, seven and one. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, Utah. Uh, Utah's got, a, I think, a much tougher schedule. They got the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, the Nuggets, um, Dallas, and San Antonio again. So they have a much tougher schedule. Um, so, I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't see them leapfrogging anyone. I will say, though, that the only difference between the two and the three, obviously, is the matchups. And the Clippers' final two games in the seeding games are against the Nuggets and the Thunder, uh, which we both know could end up being a you know one-game difference maker in terms of matchups. So I could see uh, I could see the Clippers throwing Chris Paul a bone, get yourself a higher seed, <laughs> and then uh, you know just play with the matchups that way. Uh, is if you're saying. if you're the Clippers at this point, um, in the two seed right now, you're playing Dallas. If you yeah. were the Clippers though, and if Utah, who's missing Bojan Bogdanovic looks how I think they might look, which is solid, but not great. Not great. Mm -hmm. And they fall down to six. If you're the Clippers, do you try to get down to six to play or get down to three to play them? I, because I don't like the Utah matchup. Uh, I just, they, I'm also curious how they play without Bogdanovich. I got to see a couple games of them because they're a, they're an annoying team to play. They're, they're, they're a team that really grinds it out. Um, And Bogdanovich is a big part of that. I really don't know. I, I think you should try and stay away from from the Utah Jazz. I think they're the one team I'd probably avoid, even though I'm pretty sure they could beat them. Uh, but if you look at all the matchups, I mean, they match up great with Dallas. Uh, OKC is a solid one, too. So, um, I don't know. Do you think they should match up against the uh, the Jazz if they if they can? I think they should try to get Utah more than they should try to get Dallas, if I'm being Why is completely that? honest. Um I do think there is the Luca factor a little bit. Like he, he's one of the five most dynamic players in the NBA. I think Porzingis represents some of a matchup problem. I do think there is a little bit of a Boban issue that they're going to have to do with. Like Boban just kind of messes them up a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I don't think Utah Sands Bogdanovich has the shooters to beat them. That's that, That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like they'll get it done defensively. Um, That's everything for the Clippers, as good as their offense is and has been and can be and yada, yada, yada. It all comes down to the defensive end for them. Right, right. Wow. As, far as, the, as far as the Lakers go, um, you know, we've seen right now they're, they're, they'll be playing the Memphis Grizzlies if, if the standings hold uh, and stay the way they are. Uh, but the Pelicans aren't that far behind. And I have to say – it's only been scrimmage games, but the Portland Trailblazers have looked really good with both um, Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins back, as well as, you know, Dame's doing Dame things, CJ's doing his thing. Um, but, you know, if Melo can just be basic, can just be average, uh, not even special, just be average, just be that stopgap, especially with Ariza out, um, and Nurkic can do what we've seen him do, I, I'm not going to say that they're going to give the Lakers a run because I don't think they will. I don't think any eight seed will. Um, but of those three teams, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Blazers, I, I'm not – the Pelicans, I think, give them the, give them the best run. Um, but I don't think the Lakers want to see the Blazers. I think the Pelicans have the biggest chance to take multiple games off the Lakers. Not win, but just take multiple games off of them. Um, I think – the Blazers pose the biggest upset risk in terms of a series victory. And I know that sounds really weird to phrase it like that. I think the bar, I think the ceiling is higher for Portland than it is New Orleans in a series against the Lakers. But I also think the floor for Portland is way lower. Now, if you're Portland, you do have one big advantage against the Lakers. You have Damian Lillard and you have CJ McCollum and Danny Green can only guard one of them. And yes, Alex Caruso is a very good defender but I don't think the Lakers can get by playing them 30, 30 plus minutes a night. So yeah, I don't think so either. It's going to be interesting. And I believe that with Lou Williams as well for the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers can get by playing them 30 plus mm-hmm. minutes a night. Like this isn't a Lakers thing. It's it's every team has one guy who helps them. 
that I'm just like, man, I hope they don't give that guy a ton of minutes in a playoff game, like kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So Portland's ceiling is higher. Their floor is lower than New Orleans for me. New Orleans is interesting. Also, I don't think we should write off Memphis. As potential uh, upset team? Or in terms of know. winning a game or maybe two. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't. I'm not writing them off. I think, you know, Jean Morant's been, been great. Uh, Jaron Jackson's taking steps this year. Um, you know, they, they got good pieces around them um, to make it competitive. I just think that when you look at probably, you know, the most improved player of the year in Brandon Ingram, uh, a healthy Zion Williamson, a Drew Holiday, a solid Lonzo Ball. The, the Pelicans have a – the Pelicans are deep. I mean, they, they, they can are. really make some – create some problems for the Lakers. I don't think they'll, they'll win more than one – if maybe two, I don't even think they'll get that, but they can create some issues. Um, obviously, Portland is the is the veteran team um, that you know Dame. <sighs> what Dame did last postseason was incredible, and um, I just wonder how much of a difference maker Yusuf Nurkic can make because you can make the case that no one on the Lakers is guarding Dame and CJ, but no one on the Blazers is guarding LeBron and AD. Uh, and so LeBron and AD are probably just going to have their way with that series. Absolutely. Uh, they're just going to – they might both average 30 that series. That's how they, good they are against that. Series. You remember that graphic from the NBA Finals where it was like Kyrie and LeBron each had 40? Mm-hmm. That's going to basically be AD and LeBron against the Blazers. Yeah, because no one's stopping them. Le- and it might and be the same – it might be the same for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, to be honest. But at the end of the day, you got to go with LeBron and, and AD over, over that entire team. Yeah, I'm. I'm not picking. Uh, I'm not picking anyone over LeBron and AD uh, at the eight seed. I, I just, I just don't. I just don't buy the Blazers' wings. I just can't. Especially with Ariza gone, I think it's even harder to. Yeah, I mean, you're relying on Carmelo Anthony to not just be good offensively, but at least be an, imp- uh, an impediment to other teams defensively. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he. Then you're relying on Mario Hazonia. It's. It's just. It's thin. It's it's paper. Th- it's playing card thin at this point. I <laughs> this is a little off topic, but I kind of want to rip my hair out watching Mario Hazonia play. <laughs> he I so he had potential, I, and I I feel like he's he's still got time for it. But I just like I just don't see it with him. He is the greatest irrational confidence player in the league now. The greatest? I don't know about that one. Or, I mean, the greatest to watch is what I should say. Because, like, his talent, like, he's 25. And he was a top five 25. pick. Wow. He was, he's been, this is his uh, fifth year in the NBA. Where do you go? Orlando, New York, and now here? Yeah. Portland? Yep. And he's had potential. Like, his rookie year, he shot, like, 35% from three. There was, like, oh, he can do these things. And then, obviously, he gets out of Orlando, and he goes to New York, and he's, eh. And then he gets in Portland now, and it's like, well, now he's more of a power forward, I guess. And that's kind of weird, but okay. He, for me, when I scouted him in the draft process, I loved his confidence. I thought he was insane. I didn't think he would ever – I didn't know if he would be a star, but I just thought he was incredibly confident, and that's one of the ways to get to being a star. Yeah. The fun part is he still has that confidence that he's never going to be a star. And I love it. I love watching him for that. (laughs) Hey, guys, real quick, I wanted to tell you guys about DealDash. Had you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use offer, offer code BATTLE or deal-dash.fm slash battle. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash battle. So, 
sounds like if 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 you're the Clippers, the ideal first round matchup for you is the. I like Utah. Utah. Okay. I, I went. Go ahead. I okay. think they beat any team in the first round. Sands the Lakers, which can't happen, obviously. But I think I would much rather play Utah. The other team, which is kind of weird, is OKC. OKC's guards can give the Clippers problems, but if you're also okay, if you're also the Clippers. Outside of Gallinari, really, they don't have, like, really good shooters on the wing. Yeah. And you can kind of get by, and especially playing Zubats more against, like, well, They're kind like of Steven small Adams. on the wing, too, aren't they? I think Diallo plays a small forward. Um, they just got Gallo, Andre Robertson back. Robertson. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how much trouble OKC can give them. They'll give them a I'm run, be but honest, they won't. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I think OKC gets the three seed. We could see a second-round matchup, is what you're saying? Listen, if we get Clippers Thunder second round matchup, the storylines, my PTSD will go through the roof. <laughs> oh God, Chris Paul on the other end this time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna do wonders for my emotional state, buddy. I also think another fun first round matchup that can't happen as a four or five is Houston OKC. That'd be incredible for storylines. That is too good for a first round matchup. That shouldn't be a first round matchup. That should be at least a second round matchup, in my opinion. That's There's no way good. they get to the second round. I know, I know, I know. But I just, it, it's like, remember that one time the Spurs and Clippers played in the first round? That series, that, that, that was way too good for a first round series. Yeah, so, it was. Um, okay, and if you're the Lakers, who do you, who do you, uh, oh, by the way, quick, I, if, 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 if I'm the Clippers, I think the Mavericks are a team you want to play. I think without Dwight Powell, they're, they're, they're a little short. they got to play Porzingis at the five. Um, and I, you, you made some good points about Boban and Porzingis, but I just think they have all the weapons to shut Luka down. Um, and if Luka's not creating, I don't really see who else is for them. Uh, J.J. Barea is average after the Achilles injury. Um, Seth Curry, I, I don't think he's going to beat you in a series. So uh, if I'm the Clippers, I think the Mavericks are a team you try and face. Um, I can buy that though. Yeah, I can buy that because you're right. Without Dwight Powell, it puts more onus on Chris Haps Porzingis to play the five, which he which obviously he doesn't can like do. doing, but he doesn't like yeah, doing. Yeah, he, he doesn't like doing, but he's such a good rim protector. Yeah. The X factor for Dallas is twofold. Number one, Maxi Kleba. He's good. He's got to be hope- really good though in a series. Yes, he's good already, but he has to have an out of body experience. And I do think that is possible. But I, it's not something you bet on. Yeah. Number two, Seth Curry has to also be out of his mind. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I agree with you. I just don't see it happening for four games in a row or four games where they can win. I think Luka takes one game in that series for sure. Against the Clippers, really, I, I'd have it, I'd have it as a, a sweep or one or 4-1. Or I wouldn't have it going past that. I think he gets at least one. I think he's that good. Like him and Porzingis together is enough for one win at least. That's fair. I believe it. We haven't seen him in the playoffs yet, so I'm excited. I'm a big Luka fan, so I really want to see him in the playoffs. Um, all right, now if you're the Lakers, who do you – what's the best matchup if you're the Lakers? Is it the Pelicans, Blazers, uh, Grizzlies? We talked about them. Is there someone else that's a better matchup? I mean, obviously the Spurs are missing LaMarcus. The best matchup is the Spurs. Yeah, they're short. But that's not happening. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. The Spurs aren't going to get up there. They're without LaMarcus. Unless uh, DeMar DeRozan goes absolutely out of his mind, which who knows? I mean, it could happen, I guess. Um, Enough to win a series, though? Oh, to win a series? To win a series. Um, they'd want to play San Antonio the most, but out of the realistic teams, which I think there's only three, which is Memphis, Portland, New Orleans – out of those three, I think they would kind of want to see Portland the most, if I'm being completely honest. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think okay. Memphis and New Orleans are so athletic that it can cause problems. Like, John Morant is insane. And they don't have a POA defender on the Lakers who can handle him. Yeah. Not with Avery Bradley gone. Which, yes, I did just compliment Avery Bradley. Never thought I would do that. Um, I, I will what, say though with Avery Bradley, just to cut you off, Avery Bradley's been better than I expected this year. Um, yes, he, he has had time to recover from the groin injury. He's looked better around two superstars, which is 
I figured he might be better around two superstars, you know, as opposed to, you know, being a one or two option in the Clippers and Grizzlies last year. Um, so I'll give him, you know, to give him that credit, he has looked really good this year. Um, he killed the Clippers. That was at, uh, the March 8th game where he had five or six three-pointers. So, um, yeah, to his credit, he's been better this year. The thing for the Lakers is they need to avoid explosive guards and they need to avoid uh, – heavy athleticism in the front court, which is weird because the Lakers front court is athletic, very athletic. Mm-hmm. But one of the ways to negate them is also with athleticism and Memphis and New Orleans have that. Now I do think obviously they beat any of those teams. And I, I would be shocked if those series go beyond five games. It's just from the perspective of which one would they want to avoid the least it's Portland, which one would they want to avoid the most Honestly, I think it like I, I do buy the New Orleans thing. I think it also might be Memphis because Memphis does have, besides Jaw, they have Dylan Brooks, who's a really good scorer. They have Jaron Jackson, who's a rim protector, but he does foul quite a bit. Um, Valance Eunice is a monster. Like, he's someone that you don't like to play up against all the time. Like, because in, in a series, he can wear you out. Like, that's not a fun guy to, you know, to play against all the time. No, not at all. Brandon Clark is uh, super athletic and impactful. Um, they did just lose Tyus Jones for a little bit due to, due to an injury, and Justice Winslow's now out for a while, so they're a little bit banged up. But Memphis can give them some problems, but ultimately, it's I think I just kind of talked myself in, into this, actually. <laughs> Honestly, it probably is New Orleans. Yeah, I, I kind of – I circularly uh, talk myself into that. I don't even know if that was a word. I just talked myself into New Orleans. So, yeah, probably New Orleans. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, let's move on to real quick. Just, just a couple of things to watch for in Thursday night's opener. Um, for me, it's it's um, not really that much to watch for. But I guess I guess it's uh, player health. Um, you know, Doc Rivers has said that uh, they've they've been limiting some of their guys throughout training camp in the scrimmage games. Um, Paul George has said he's the healthiest he's been all season, including training camp. Um, Kawhi Leonard has has had his struggles with his shooting this scrimmage games, but I was, as we said earlier, it's nothing really to be concerned about. I would be curious to see how he comes out tomorrow, though. Um, Landry Shamit and Vita Zubac are big for me because they both had the coronavirus, and they, uh, you know, there's not there's not much known about it. So I'd be curious to see how they react in their first real action on the court, um, especially Landry having, you know, he hasn't played in four months, and he. Um, he's probably the guy who moves most off the ball for the Clippers. So I'd be curious to see how he does. Um, and then the second unit for the Clippers, because with Lou and Trez out, I'd be curious to see, do the Clippers run with a small ball lineup uh, with Reggie with, uh, I don't know, maybe a Rodney Magruder, Landry Shamit, um, you know, plug in whatever four you want, maybe Patrick Patterson and then Jermichael Green. Um do you go maybe like Jamaica Green at the four and then Joakim Noah at the five? They have a lot of different options. Um, not a lot of them are ideal considering, you know, what they could be having with Lou and Trez. But, um, yeah, I'd just be curious to see what the Clippers do lineup-wise. Uh, I, I honestly think we might actually see some Joakim Noah minutes tomorrow. Uh, oh, we absolutely we will. We will see some good Joakim Noah minutes. And I, I hope they're on the floor with LeBron. I really hope they're on the floor with LeBron. Because that would make for some... Uh, interesting, interesting basketball. The other day, before we, before I let you uh, take over, we uh, I think we we talked to Joakim post game, and we were like, what, "What was it like, you know, talking, uh, being with the Clippers now?" And people took this as like a pseudo shot at LeBron, where he said, uh, "There's no prima donnas on this team. Everyone goes after. There's no prima donnas." What do you what do you, what do you make of that? Did you think that was uh, something to try to slip in there? I mean, it could be. I, I almost took it as, like, his time in Chicago. Hmm. How so? I could see him viewing Derrick Rose like that at the height of Rose. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because that team was that basically one. Derrick Rose and a bunch of guys. Like, if you really want to boil it down to the simplest form. So I could see, I could see him having some stuff. Because, yeah, remember, that was the closest Joakim Noah got to a title. Mm-hmm. In 2011. Yeah, so I could, I could, I could see him kind of reminiscent about that. Okay, so 
what are the maybe, things to watch? Huh? May, uh, on, real quick, maybe it was a shot at Jimmy Butler. Oof. From their time in Chicago. I did not think about that. Yeah, like, like it's easy to assume he's taking a shot at LeBron because you're trying to think of like, okay, like who's he talking about? Well, it has to be this guy who's also – like that kind of thing. It could just be a, him talking about an experience he had mm-hmm. firsthand on a team almost a decade ago. That's fair. I didn't – honestly, I didn't even take it as a shot at LeBron or anything like that. I read it on Twitter where I tweeted it and people were like, oh, we already know who this is about. And I was like, hmm. But, yeah, you brought up some good points where it could be about previous experiences with the Bulls, maybe the Knicks. I don't know. Something like that. Um, That's that's a great point, actually. Got to think about it now. Um, But what do you think to watch for the Clippers tomorrow in the opening game? It's really weird, but like what I'm like at the top of my list of things to watch is how much Doc actually plays Marcus Morris alongside Jamichael Green as the four and five, because he did that in some of the scrimmage games and they look great in terms of spacing. And that was a way to get uh, Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard, like more optimal space to work with. But also it was a way to get Lou Williams to start driving more downhill, which he excelled at in that first scrimmage game. Obviously, he didn't play in the other two because he was out of the bubble. But it's going to be interesting how much Doc plays those two together in those spots because mm-hmm. I could see him just putting that on the back burner and being like, look, we don't have Lou. Let's not do it kind of thing, you know? The other thing is, as you mentioned, Joe Kim Noah minutes. Personally, I think we're going to see 20-28 in terms of splits. 20 for Zubats, 20 for Noah, 8 for Jermichael Green at center. I think, think that Noah would be – 20 minutes tomorrow? I could see it. Wow. I think Doc likes his decision-making on the offensive end in terms of short roll passing. I think Doc will do that. And play, He has plus, been really good in scrimmage games in terms of his passing. Yeah, and th- he's been, he's really been better. He's been better on the offensive end than the defensive end. Yeah. His, his defense has kind of left me a little bit worried at times, but he's kind of gotten better as the scrimmages went along. In the first scrimmage game, I don't know how many people noticed this. Maybe I'm just a nerd and just looked at stuff like this. In the first scrimmage game, so the Clippers like to play drop, what's called drop coverage in pick-and-roll settings. Uh-huh. They drop the big back. They have the guard defender force the ball handler over the top of the screen towards the waiting big. In the first scrimmage game, obviously they're doing this. Joakim Noah was too far back, and guys were able to get open because of this. Uh-huh. In the second and third games, especially the third game, he did a lot better in terms of closing the gap and I also think it's because there wasn't a floor spacing big he had to play against in the screen game. The Lakers don't really have a floor spacing big outside of Anthony Davis at times and possibly Markeith Morris. But if he's in there against JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard, I think defensively he can be fine. If he's in there against floor spacers, I think he's going to struggle, especially at point of attack against dribble drives. Like that was right. another thing he struggled at. So I think Noah gets 20 minutes. I think Doc wants to see what he has. And I think yeah. he's going to look at yeah. this as as practice. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I you talked me into it now too. Sheesh, you've been convincing everyone today. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Even myself. By the way, don't be don't be disrespecting known three point shooters, Javale McGee and Dwight Howard, please. They have a couple JaVale to McGee, their name. Do you Just, know where Javale McGee hit his first three? Where? What do you mean where? Do you mean like who he? I should say. Do you know when? Do you know who he hit it against and where the game was? Uh, I think it was this season. Um, am I right about that? No. It was last season then. No. But before that? Yep. Don't say with the Warriors. Nope. Not with the Warriors. Wizards? Nope. Nuggets. Yep. I guess the Clippers. Yep. Oh my god, of course it is. I did not know that. No. <laughs> Left wing three. I remember it Left wing three pointer. In a blowout against the Clippers. They won by like 14 or 15 in Denver. It was, I think it was to end the third quarter even. Like, he hits a left-wing three off of an inbound or something. And I just remember going like, oh, okay, you that happened. That. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, all right. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on the um, Joakim Noah situation where I think that if, if they're playing a, an AD or a, um, a Marquise Morris, who, by the way, I don't think we've seen play yet, if I'm, not mis- if I'm, if I'm mistaken. I don't I, think I'm going to be yet. honest with you. I don't know. I don't think he's played yet. Um, and so if they do play those two guys, I think we'll see uh, Jermichael at the five. Um, I know AD doesn't like playing the five, and I don't think the Lakers will want to get AD at the five minutes this early. 
Um, maybe they'll be trying to test some things out as well. But um, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. I, 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 yeah. Now that I think about it, I can see some. I can see about fifteen to twenty minutes of Joakim Noah tomorrow. Uh, which uh, to, interesting. Not to cut in, uh, Markeith Morris did play their last scrimmage game. He played like he six or so minutes or something. Okay, okay. So he's back. I know he was dealing with uh, conditioning issues or something. He wasn't back on the court for the second game, even though I think he arrived before Marcus. Is, is what someone said. Yeah. But Marcus yeah. played first, so. Yeah, Marcus played all three games, and I thought Marcus looked fine. Marcus didn't play all three games, did he? Yeah. He played the first one too? I'm, I'm 95% sure he played the first game. If he did not play the first game, I don't know who the <laughs> hell I saw playing. Although, to be fair, I did have the, the, the mix-up the other night where I couldn't tell Paul George and Marcus Morris apart. Yeah, he played all three games. Oh, wow. Okay. He played then. 20 minutes in the first game too. Yeah, so. Um... I thought he played well. Everyone's got to get back into the basketball groove. Um, Especially Zubots and Shamit. Yeah. They, we got to see them. I, I'm really curious to see how they play. Especially Shamit is doing a lot of off-the-ball running. Um, now I'm, for worried, the, I'm worried about the, the health ramifications for guys who got it and are playing just from like a lung capacity standpoint. Mm-hmm. If I'm being completely honest, this has nothing to even do with teams or anything like that. I'm talking from a pure human standpoint here. I'm a, I'm, I understand. I'm a little bit of a war, worry wart. I understand. I am a little bit worried, though. Not even a little bit. I'm a lot worried, though, about guys who contracted COVID and are now going to try to play 20, 30 minutes a night. In Gobert's case, almost 40 minutes a night in the postseason and trying to understand and see what that does to someone's lungs because we have no earthly idea. This is going to be the first time that athletes are really run through the ringer like this yeah. after they got you know, tested positive. But, but I will say that the, the NBA is doing, I think they're conducting a lot of um, tests in terms of their health staff, their training staff. Um, I think they're limiting practice times a bit too, to make sure these guys are in tip top shape. I mean, you know, the aura rings that they have, um, they got different ways of keeping guys, keeping track of guys. So I think if they get a sense, something is up, um, they'll sit guys out if they need to. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it's just beyond the sitting though. If, if something comes up, it's just like, like you said, the, the health ramifications of how this can affect someone long-term. Um, yeah. I'd be curious. I, I, I don't know. I, I hope we don't find out. I hope everything, everything uh, goes well, honestly. Same. Um, uh, what's your, what's your prediction for Lakers Clippers? The, uh, the, the game, not, not like a series or anything, just the, just the Thursday game. I, I think the Lakers should win tomorrow. Um, I, I think, uh, We'll see LeBron and AD really come out um, and impose their will. Um, I think I, – I just don't think the Clippers will be super motivated to win tomorrow's game. Uh, not, they're not going to come out and try to lose. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that um, they are just going to not cruise but take it slow, work their way into these seeding games and, and, and all that. Um, yeah, I, I think the Lakers win tomorrow. I, but that being said, like I told you before, I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers won. They won opening night without Paul George. Um, if Pat plays tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Uh, they have they have the guys necessary. Excuse me to uh, to beat the Lakers. So I'm I'm taking the Lakers by 15 plus. To be honest, I think they just come out and they're just on a mission for that game, and they're just like we're just going to teach them a lesson, that kind of thing. I think they mm-hmm. just. I think they just roll, and you know what? That's fine. Dell have earned it. I also just think that the, you're right. I, I agree with you. I think the Clippers are playing a a dangerous game to some aspect of like the word. Like they keep kicking the can down the field, right? Mm-hmm. Like like all right, well we'll we'll get to it when we can. But like and that gets a little bit dangerous because you're asking people to flip a switch that sometimes they can't flip. And but I do think I should say I, I do think the Clippers are more looking at the long-term and trying to figure stuff out internally on the floor in terms of like lineups and what plays to run for some guys. than they are about like worrying about like what the Lakers are doing until a series happens. I just don't, I think this is all just extended practices for them at the end of the day. That's what just how I really look at it. Deion Waiters first game of the season was with the Miami heat against the Clippers. And he had like 14 points, I think on like what five of I want to say eight shooting or something like that? No, he, he took he took more shots. Did he take more he, than eight? Yeah, he uh, he was hot so, for a stretch there. I know that. Yeah, the third quarter. 
and like a little bit of the fourth. What people forget about that game is he also lost in that game by being crazy at the end of the fourth yes. quarter. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, it was just wild. Um, yeah, like it's whatever. Hey, it, hey, hey if, he, if, he plays his, if he plays his ass off, he can swing a game either way. Yeah, I was going to say, I fully expect – it's a very Clipper thing to happen for, for Dion to go off for like a good 15, 18 points tomorrow. I could see it. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest – Anyone having a big game in this environment would not shock me. I, I don't care who it is. It could, it could be Andre, Andre Roberson can go for 25, and I'd just be like, yeah, I, I, I could see that happening. Like, it just doesn't matter. Roberson, really? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Like, because think about it, dude. There's no fans, there's nothing except yeah. an annoying video board that sometimes shows people's faces way too big. <laughs> That was annoying, by the way. I wanted to get that in. I hated that video board. Marcus Morris took a baseline jumper the last scrimmage game for the Clippers. And from the angle of the camera, all you see that he's shooting towards is the hoop. And behind the hoop is a wall of faces. And you're just like, that's not natural. Yeah, like, it, that it just, does look odd. Yeah. I think it I might think just th- take some time to get used to, though. It might. I also think they just need to go to, like, like just – the plain black boards. Uh, I don't know if that's, if that's as visually uh, pleasing. I don't know. I don't Did know. you ever ask Kawhi about the sight lines? No, we didn't get Kawhi. Yeah. And then we got Kawhi this morning, but um, I will admit 6 a.m. was way too early when I was getting Call of Duty W. They're, doing, they're so. doing some wild media times, man. Yeah. And they do, they do it before practice. So 6 a.m., uh, oh, oh, and to make matters worse, they said 6.30 a.m. And they started Kawhi at like 6.22. So by 6.28, when I hopped on, he was gone. It was a plane. It was, it was an empty chair. Huh. Yeah. So I'm like, if you're going to tell us 6.30, at least fucking make it 6.30. <laughs> Don't start it off late earlier. They uh, just really didn't want you to talk to Kawhi. Shit, you know. I, I give Kawhi the hard-hitting question. That's why. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, sure. Hey guys, just wanted to pause real quick to tell you guys about Bet Online. As you guys know, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. You can check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champion Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like to play without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Just real, real quick before we wrap it up, though, on the Lakers side, things to watch. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's who LeBron guards uh, because I think that he hasn't, he took the challenge a bit in the third game, if I'm not mistaken, with guarding Kawhi. Um, I, that being said, no one's really stopped Kawhi this year in the Lakers. Um, in fact, I think KCP – I don't think Kawhi missed a shot against KCP in the first game. I think he was 7 of 7. It just felt he like he like, never missed against KCP, that's all I'll say. I think in the first game, I think he actually was like 6 of 6 or 7 of 7. I don't think he missed against him. In the second it. game, it was like a, it was like a 2 of 4 game or something against KCP. But, uh, yeah, I just want to see what LeBron guards – um, how's Anthony Davis coming off of the eye, eye injury, you know, the, the scratch to his eye, um, because that, that can, that can affect you. Um, it sounds like a minor thing, but it can really affect you. So, uh, want to see how he comes out. And then uh, the guard rotation does, does Dion waiters crack it? Does Jared Smith get a, get a crack at it? Um, I feel like Alex Caruso is a guy who really does the intangibles, the, the guy, the things that don't show up in the stat sheet. Uh, at the same time, though, I feel like Frank Vogel might have a short lease with him and just run Dion, run J.R. Smith as, as a floor spacer, yeah, a guy who can really knock down the three alongside LeBron. Um, that, that's one thing to watch. And the final thing for me to watch on the Lakers side is who is the third guy, the third you know, scorer for them? Is it Dwight Howard? Is it Danny Green? Uh, is it Alex Caruso? I don't know. Who is it? Um, you know, Dwight Howard's had a couple of good games this year. I think in the first game against the Clippers, it was Danny Green who went off. I want to say for like 20. Oh, yeah. Opening night, he went for like 28. Points. Was it 28? Something like that. Yeah. 
Something ridiculous. I think he had like seven threes that game. And then Kuzma had like 27 on Christmas. Right, right. So is it Kyle Kuzma? Yeah, who is the third guy? Those are my things to watch on the Lakers side. Um, Justin, if you got a couple, just shoot them over and we'll wrap it up. Um, I'm interested. The Caruso thing is a big deal. Um, Which part? I've been, I've been on the record saying that as much as I like Alex Caruso, I think he's a, a, a very good player. I think he's a star in his role. Um, I don't know how he fits into a Clippers-Lakers matchup only because he's such a um, – like teams don't uh, respect him as a shooter. Not whether or not they should, not whether or not he's a good shooter. They just don't respect him. And I look at him a lot like how Mo Harkless was on the Clippers, which was very good defensively. But when teams ignore you on the offensive end, that's kind of a problem. And in the other means with the Clippers, which I believe he's played in the second and the third one, he really hasn't had a place to play. They've kind of played him off the floor by just ignoring him. So right. that's interesting from that perspective to see how uh, Vogel does. Now, as I say this, he might go for 20 tomorrow and I'll just look dumb, which is very plausible. Um, I look <laughs> dumb for less, to be honest. Uh, the other thing is, as you said, Anthony Davis, the eye thing, which sucks. It's a crappy thing to have an eye injury. Um, I'm curious to see how he looks with it, like how he deals with the goggles, stuff like he might have to wear the goggles the rest of the time. Anthony like, we don't Curry, know. Jabbar. Yeah. Uh, LeBron, like you said, who does LeBron guard? I think he might just start out on Marcus Morris. That's what I think as well. I agree with you. I think uh, Marcus is the uh, easier, I guess, matchup. Um, Marcus likes to go a lot of isolation uh, and then mid-range shots, which I think plays into LeBron defensively. Although it doesn't have to work too, too hard. Uh, yeah. Whereas PG will really make him, make him work. Right. Uh, Marcus's footwork is not to the level of those two either. Well, I just um, think Marcus doesn't drive to the basket as much, does he? Am I wrong on that? I, I just don't think he goes no, to the basket as much. You're so. not. In the scrimmage games, he started driving more. But also, I just think he likes to shoot jumpers. I just think that's what Marcus likes to do. Yeah. Um, yeah now, that puts Anthony Davis on Kawhi, which is very interesting. I also think that isn't great for the Lakers. But at the end of the day, you have to preserve LeBron. And you got Anthony Davis partially defensively to preserve LeBron for the offensive workload he was going to have. The other thing that's really interesting from a Lakers standpoint with the Clippers, since there's no Lou Williams and there's no Montrezl Harrell, how do the Lakers try to exploit what they did exploit in the third matchup which was Lou Williams on the ball and some of the Montres Harrell stuff off the ball. That's going to be a real interesting thing to watch. Does that ultimately matter? No, Probably because not. those players will be most likely back for the postseason, so it'll all look mm-hmm. worthless anyways. But it's interesting for a one-game sample size. Yeah. Yeah, all, all great points. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure, but um... – I'm not sure what else to add because I feel like we've, we've talked about this for a while now. And at this point, I'm just ready to get basketball, get basketball back on, um, get these guys back on the court, get some basketball going. Uh, I'm you watched any good shows it. lately? TV shows. Um, dude, we so, talked basketball for like 40 minutes now. We can talk about real quick. What's the say, last TV show you watched? The last TV show I watched. I can't even remember. Oh, oh, it's probably um, um, I guess America's Got Talent. Does that count? I don't know. <laughs> I'll count that. That's a cop out answer, but I'll that, count. That it. is a cop. Um, okay. I've, I've, have you seen Afterlife on on uh, Netflix? No, I have not. Is that it's good? It's a Ricky Gervais show. Uh, it's depressing as hell, um, but it's good. It's right up I my alley. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've been watching Perry Mason on HBO. Perry Mason. Is that good? It's a it's very good. Very my, good. My friend told me about Westworld. I got I got my friend Jamie told me about Westworld. I got to get in that. Uh, I'm starting to rewatch Game of Thrones just because uh, the ending for the la- for, for the last uh, season left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I'm just trying to watch rewatch it to get all the good memories back. <laughs> that You're probably going to stop before the final season, aren't you? Ah, uh, I, it's funny upon watching it the first time, I didn't really mind it. 
And then when I watched it the second time, I was like, this is not good. <laughs> just like, this is not good. Um, so I don't know how I'll react, but I, I do know that the previous seasons, the buildup towards the final season was incredible. And uh, that's something worth watching, in my opinion. Yeah, like I told you, been doing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, video game, a lot of two K, um, a lot of uh, Call of Duty. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's been uh, that's been it. Not a lot of TV shows. I've been trying to get out. Of, so, like my main setup for me, like where I work, is my back room. I have, uh-huh. but in my back room is not just my iMac. I I have my PlayStation right here, so. I'm constantly just in the back room, even if, even for leisure at times. So several times a day, I have to mentally remind myself, hey, go take a walk, go do something. So I'll end up that going into my room and just watching something. You know what I mean? Like, so it's that kind of thing. That's tough. I, I've been, uh, I sit around all day, so it's tough to remember, to remember to get up and, you know, drink water or, you know, just extra stretch, just do something other than sit in the position, same position for an hour or two hours. So, um, yeah, that's been a pain. But hey, man, basketball's back. I wish I could play basketball. Honestly, I miss playing basketball. Um, you I don't were know. a hooper in your days. Back in my heyday, um, yeah, I don't. I feel like I don't. I don't remember what, what it's like to shoot a basketball. It's weird. I don't know. That's uh, that's the interesting part about the bubble, right? Is like some of these guys came back and they had not shot a basketball in like four months. And that's weird. I, I don't know how they did that. I, uh, like Reggie Jackson, for example. I know he lived in a in a hotel room for part of it, and then he used Paul George's second home, um, for another part. Now I don't know if Paul George had a basketball hoop at his second home. I'm sure PG hooked him up, but how long how long did some of these guys go without shooting? That's weird. It's weird to think about. I wish I was rich enough to have a second home to lend to a friend. <laughs> right, man. That would be that would be nice. That means you're you're doing pretty well. <laughs> um, we all should be doing pretty well, but we ain't. That's true. Hopefully, we get better though, as yes. long as we don't make wearing a mask political. Uh, but that's a whole nother story. So, <laughs> um, Justin, anything you wanted to plug before we we, we got on? You said you had something to plug. Uh, one of the oh, articles. Um, I have a podcast, Clip and Roll, on the Blue Wire Network. You can't have... promote that here. What are you talking? No, I'm oh, kidding, oh my, my just bad. No, go for it. But yeah, I do a podcast on the Blue Wire Network called Clip and Roll. It's about the Clippers. Stop by and listen if you want. Um, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash flybynight. You can find me on Twitter at flybynight. Uh, Wednesday, I posted an article the 29th about how uh, the Clippers basically just shot a ton of threes during these scrimmage games and what that might mean, what it doesn't mean, stuff like that. I do video breakdowns uh, about a day after games. So, like, for instance, Paul George has an incredible third scrimmage game. I did a video breakdown that came out yesterday, uh, yesterday which was Tuesday as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to go for that kind of content, by all means, I do five takeaways. Mostly just follow me on Twitter. I'll give you the stuff, most of it for free. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do put a lot of great stuff up on Twitter for free. I will say that. I don't know why. Including, uh, yeah, because Twitter is just – it's just, I don't know. It just feels like a, a hub. It's home. <laughs> I think the funniest thing I remember is the, uh, I asked you for a breakdown of, the, of Paul, uh, Paul George's Call of Duty win, and you actually made a video breakdown out of it. That floored me. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. Buddy, that was like three months ago, and we were so bored at the time. That, that was I his was... first, uh, yeah, that was his first stream. That was like mid-March, like March 19th or something, March 20th. We were nice. we were out of our minds, and we still are. But at least we get some normalcy, I guess, back. Which I don't. I'm very conflicted about whether or not we should have normalcy back at this point. But I guess you take what you can get. I don't know. Uh, yeah, at this point, I'll take what I can get uh, because it's. I like. I think about it now. Like I don't know how I've been home working for the last four months. So. Um. <laughs> It's been crazy. I don't know. It's been wild. You're out of your uh, mind at this point, aren't you? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. That's why I had to uh, had to visit a, a friend, one of my best friends in Palms, Palm Springs, just to get out of here for a bit. Um, I don't blame you. It's been nice. It was nice. Um, but yeah, again, Justin, thank you for joining us. Um, really appreciate you taking the time. As usual, you guys can follow me at Tomer Zarli. 
That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I, I, I'm saying I'm getting in the TikTok game, but I'm not. But you can still follow me there if you guys like an empty page. Um, what else? What else? Oh, YouTube. I'm on YouTube as well. Um, posted some Clipper stuff as well. Not to the level of Justin's, obviously. This is just some basic uh, uh, Clippers post-game uh, conferences and shit like that. So, um, But yeah, as always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you guys get your your, your podcast, whether it's Google Play, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, iHeart. We're all there. And uh, really appreciate your feedback. So shoot that over. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, or concerns, please shoot that over to us as well. I really want to hear them. And, uh, yeah, that wraps it up. Hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys enjoy opening night. Um, Savor it. We got basketball back. Uh, So really, you you know, don't take it for granted. Enjoy it. Uh, Once again, Justin, thank you for joining us. And uh, I will catch you guys next week.